Welcome to the Wild and Well podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Hilary Clare, a clinical psychologist, holistic parenting mentor with a focus on nutrition and environmental medicine, a yogi, author, and mom of two wild boys. Here, we will delve into the big and the little things that move the needle for children's health and mental wellness in a modern world that doesn't always make it easy to do so. Together, we can nurture resilient kids, vibrant mothers, and a brighter future for the planet and the next generation. Let's get into it. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking to the lovely Jessica Louise Kay. We're going to be chatting about all things circadian rhythms, grounding, and how we can connect more with nature for ourselves as well as for our kids. Jessica is a mentor, she's a naturopath, and she is a mother. She is devoted to serving mothers with young children, to helping them connect back to their spiritual truth and divine self, and to feel grounded, calm, and connected to the simple joys of life during the chaotic times of mothering. Jess also loves to educate other mothers about circadian rhythms, spirituality, the healing power of nature, and meditation, several of the things that we'll be talking about here today. She is also passionate about children's health. So let's get into the episode. All right, welcome, Jess. Thank you so much for coming on to talk to us about how we can realign our kids' circadian rhythms and how we can connect more with nature and grounding and all that good stuff. I think these are such important and often overlooked pieces of helping our kids to be healthy and happy and have good sleep. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. This is one of my favorite passionate topics to talk about. So I'm really excited. Thank you. Oh, good. So am I. So before we begin talking about that, tell us one thing that you did today to take care of yourself or nourish yourself? Yeah, so I love my early mornings. It's been a thing since I learned about circadian rhythms. So I usually get up around, my alarms have set for around 4.44 every morning. Um, Sometimes I press snooze, depends what the night's been like with the three children. (laughs) But uh, this morning I got up at 5 a.m. and the first thing I did was walk outside. It's still dark outside. Just ground my feet, just a quick connection um, to self and just to earth. And then um, walked back in and I started with a little meditation before my two youngest interrupted me this morning. So usually I get a nice, beautiful meditation in, but that's okay. They, um, they got up early this morning, so it was nice to spend a couple of extra hours with them. That's beautiful. That's such an incredible way to start your day. And I imagine most people listening, including myself, um, aspire to do something similar. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about circadian rhythms. So can we just start with the basics? Like what are they and why are they important? Yeah, so circadian rhythms, uh, I did learn a little bit about circadian rhythms in naturopathic college, but not to the extent of when I 
jumped into a podcast, which was kind of an accidental podcast I listened to. We were actually traveling Australia and we were in Tassie at the time. And um, the podcast was on light, water and magnetism by neurosurgeon Dr. Jack Cruz. And to be honest, the title didn't really spark my interest, but it was more of the bio that um, I thought, oh, that sounds a bit interesting. So I turned it on and it literally just like blew my mind. It was nothing that I'd ever sort of heard before, even in naturopathic college. So basically... um, What circadian rhythms are, are these biological processes that every plant, every animal and human obviously have, and we display this over a day. So for humans, it's our 24-hour daily and wake sleep cycle. So every one of our cells, we've got trillions of cells, basically function on their own internal circadian clocks. And they kind of turn on and off, um, you know, thousands of genes in our body every day and every night. But this all depends on what's going on in our brain, which is like our master clock controller. Um, And what's interesting is this master controller really like entirely uh, depends on the signals it receives from the environment. So it doesn't, you know, can't tell the time on the clock on the wall or the clock on your wrist. It's um, entirely from Mother Nature. So the sun, the earth, the food and the water is how that this master clock works and then tells our, um, you know, trillions of cells how to function on their own internal circadian clock. So, so interesting. And this is why it really sparked, um, you know, my interest. One of the, I would say, the most profound message that I got out of that uh, podcast was that Dr. Jack Cruz mentions around 85 and up to 95% of all chronic disease is actually linked to mitochondrial dysfunction we'll talk about mitochondria a little bit later um but so interesting he said that circadian rhythms are synced through watching the morning sunrise so when i listened to that podcast in tassie the first thing i did i was actually pregnant with our third child about 16 weeks pregnant and the first thing I did was set my alarm for 5.45 the next morning to watch my first intentional sunrise. And I walked out barefoot, walked down to the closest um, little river and I waited for the morning sun to come up. And honestly, I've been hooked ever since. <laughs> wow, that's like quite um, something to stumble upon. You never know what's going to randomly catch your attention and change the trajectory of your life and your passion. And that's incredible. Yeah. So it sounds like they're pretty important to have these aligned. What is it like if our circadian rhythms aren't aligned? Because I think in the modern day, unfortunately, the vast majority of us are living in ways that don't support us to be connected with that natural rhythm and we're out of sync. So what can that look like? So um, the master clock, which is in our brain, uh, when it is basically in rhythm with Mother Nature, it, 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 in, it functions our entire bodily process, all our organs, our hormones, basically every cell in the body. So when we are in sync, firstly, we, what it could look like is we wake up in the morning, we feel refreshed and energized and we have this beautiful, healthy bowel movement we have a healthy appetite, we have, um, you know, a clear mind and just feel clarity. We feel happy, 
you know, we're ready for a productive day with motivation. Um, we crave these healthy foods and we have energy at that usual 3 p.m. slump. And we start to feel tired as the sun goes down. And then we fall asleep effortlessly. You know, this is what it looks like to be in rhythm. So most people can only dream of this state of well-being. Um, unfortunately, today, the way that we live has really significantly impacted our health. So we bathe in artificial light. <laughs> we work late, especially mothers. You know, we're up late because that is considered our time. Um, we work night shift. We are exposed to a high amount of technology and non-native EMFs, so electromagnetic fields like Wi-Fi and phones and smart gadgets. And essentially we disconnect ourselves and we disconnect ourselves from Mother Nature as well. So we start to fall into what's called a circadian disruption. And this can kind of look like being more susceptible to viruses and infections and illnesses and all your long-term, you know, chronic conditions such as your poor gut health and autoimmune conditions, insomnia, migraines, obesity is a huge one to do with circadian rhythms, circadian disruption cardiovascular disease, like the list can go on. And, you know, to sum up, these conditions all relate back to mitochondrial dysfunction. And as we spoke about at the beginning, um, I think I spoke about Dr. Jack Cruz mentions that 85 and up to 95% of all chronic disease is linked back to mitochondrial dysfunction. Yeah, that's massive, isn't it? It's really taking a toll on all of our health, our clarity, our happiness and what are some of the things that we can look out for in our lives to know that we likely are misaligned? Is it that we are staying up late and that we're not, you know, that we're not waking up feeling fresh and clear and having that healthy appetite throughout the day? Like, are these indications that we should get that circadian rhythm back on track or are there other things that we can look out for? Yeah, definitely. Like exactly what you just explained, you know, feeling sluggish when you wake up in the morning and not having that pep in your step, you know, like pressing the snooze button 10 times <laughs> before finally getting out of bed. Um, you know, it's just that the imbalance, I think, of your bodily functions. I think we know when we feel good, you know, mm -hmm. if we're feeling sluggish, um, we, are we are out of rhythm. And if we are not getting outside enough, um, if we're constantly bathing under artificial light, this is a really good sign that something internally could, could be going on, especially if you're suffering with any of the conditions I just mentioned, or if you have chronic um, and constant, you know, infections, viral infections. Um, these are definitely all a big indicator and a big sort of knock on the door um, to really have a look to see whether you need to sync your circadian rhythms and whether you're experiencing a mitochondrial dysfunction. So let's talk a little bit about mitochondria. There's something that I remember learning about in maybe as year 11 or year 12 bio, high school biology. And I just thought they were so cool, like such incredible little guys. And so how, like, how are these, you started talking about how they're connected and how there's this mitochondrial dysfunction, but can you go into a little bit more about what that is and why these little guys are so important for us? 
and our health. Yeah. So yeah, they are basically the energy producing powerhouses of our cells, I guess you could say. And they are in all of our cells except red blood cells. So they basically, mitochondria take the food that we eat to make energy ATP um, for the organs and obviously the body to function. But what's really interesting is that what I've learned over the years is that food actually only provides one third of the amount of electrons that are needed to make this ATP. And interesting enough, the other two thirds comes from sunlight. So understanding, I think, you know, how our mitochondria function is really like fundamental to reversing or preventing disease because poorly functioning mitochondria equals to poorly functioning organs. And the three things that I've sort of, you know, come about with all the research that I've done and the things that I've read is um, there's three kind of key contributors to mitochondrial dysfunction. And what I've noticed is like number one, being addicted to technology. <laughs> you know, we carry around these gadgets on us 24 seven and, you know, that's causing a disruption um, within our natural bodily rhythms. And number two, I would say is a disconnection to nature you know, like we'll, we'll probably speak about a little bit later about grounding, but really just connecting to the earth. It's so simple and it is literally on our doorstep. And number three, I would say is lack of sunlight because we're told to avoid the sun at all costs. Um, but it's, it is the only way to actually sync our circadian rhythm. So we'll, we'll um, probably get into that soon too. Yeah. So with the sun, you're getting up early every day, getting out, grounding your feet on the earth and watching the sunrise. Is that the most important time for us to connect with the sun and feel it on our skin and in our eyes to help uh, sink us back? Or it, can we get out in the at two o'clock in the afternoon and that will help us? Like, How can we start using that sun exposure to get back in alignment? Yeah, so I would probably say um, the most profound um, shifts I found is getting up and watching the morning sunrise. That um, for me was like the catalyst of just really being able to sync my circadian rhythm to its optimal level. So the sunrise is amazing. There's so many amazing benefits, but basically from the very first light of the day, um, even before sunrise, so as the very first light starts to come up, we actually have these photoreceptors in our skin and our eyes, which are called our solar panels, and it, they start to detect the rising sun. And once this detection starts, it starts to release hormones to wake you up. Um, and this is the very beginning of our natural circadian rhythm. So basically waking up, walking outside and being exposed to that first waning light um, you know, rather than waking up and looking at an artificial light on our phone or turning a light on an LED light um, that disrupts our circadian rhythm from the get-go. So what happens is our the morning sunlight is absorbed through our eyes and activates these, um, they're like light-sensitive proteins uh, in our retina and they're called opsins. And they will signal the command center in our brain, which we spoke about earlier. And basically it starts to release these hormones which activate different functions in our body, such as hunger, um, body temperature, our alertness, blood pressure, and starts to regulate our um, stress response. 
And the other really cool thing is that early morning UVA actually starts the production of melatonin. So most people probably heard of the hormone melatonin, um, which is our sleep hormone. And it has so many amazing other functions in our body too. But basically come nighttime, so at sunset, the melatonin that was made and stored from sunrise is then ready to be released. So this will happen sort of four hours after darkness. So the higher amount of melatonin that we have stored in our body at night actually allows our bodies to go into that rest and digest and repair and heal and really have a beautiful night's sleep. But (laughs) melatonin will start depleting when exposed to Arlan, which is your artificial light at night. So this includes things like TV, you know, when we the sun goes down and we put the kids to bed and we turn the TV on and we've got LED lights on and we look at our phones and we've got computers on. So any light that is artificial or too bright immediately starts disrupting the circadian rhythm and will start depleting that beautiful melatonin that you've your body's worked so hard to produce and store from watching the morning sunrise so that kind of sums up the benefits of the morning sunrise but to be honest like that's very briefly touched there are so many more amazing benefits to the morning sunrise well you're motivating me to get down to the ocean to watch the sunrise tomorrow morning it's something that I endeavor to do most days but it only happens very infrequently so yes I'm going to do that tomorrow. And then in terms of sun exposure throughout the day, is that equally as beneficial? Or it sounds like that morning sunrise is like very, very key to getting all the processes started, getting that melatonin starting to be produced. But should we still be getting lots of exposure during the brighter daytime hours as well? Yes, definitely. So sunlight exposure throughout the day is also a really important step to um, resetting our circadian rhythm. So that's really going to help with our sleep, you know, energy. Um, We actually need plenty of direct sunlight, but, you know, we need to be sun responsible, right? So it's about taking, I feel, radical responsibility for our health and really using your intuition. Um, That's a big thing. You know, sunrise, it contains no UV. So it's um, really great and beneficial to expose your skin, um, your eyes to the morning sun. And um, the main thing throughout the day is obviously you want to avoid getting burnt. So I use, I don't use it as much now, but when I first started this, I used an app called D-Minder. If you've heard of it. No, D-Minder. Yeah, D-Minder. And it basically lets you know what the UV, the ultraviolet light, is throughout the day. Um, so it will locate your location. It will tell you the exact UV. And it can actually track how much vitamin D you're producing, which is really cool. So when you go into the app, you actually put in like what your skin tone is and it'll kind of calculate what you need um, to produce a certain amount of vitamin D. So I tend to use that. Um, I, to be honest, I don't use it much anymore because I really use my intuition now because I've been doing this for a couple of years. But say when I take the kids to the beach, um, we will uh, usually we'll go to the beach, you know, mid-morning and we'll be there until midday when the UV is at its highest. And we do actually live in north um, Western Australia, very north. So it does get quite high and we do have a really high UV here. So that's something that to be very mindful of. 
Um, so, but that said, uh, we don't slip up and slap in a lot of sunscreen. We'll use a little bit of zinc on our nose and um, cheeks. But otherwise, you know, like I said, it's been about being sun responsible. So I actually let the kids run around um, and have as much exposure to the sun, um, probably around about 20 minutes, um, especially when it's at a high UV. And we've got quite brown skin because we've had um, exposure over time, which will build builds up the melanin in our skin. So, and then after they've had that 20 minutes and they've you know gained enough vitamin D, then we'll put the rashes on, we'll put the hats on, a little bit of zinc on their nose and um, and cheeks. And then we have we always have shade, you know, we've always got shade at the beach. So that for me is being sun responsible and really using my intuition in regards to, yeah, I think the kids have had enough sun. Let's, you know, come under the shade, have some fruit, have a bit of a break. So um, I think it's about taking radical responsibility and and um, and avoid getting burnt is, you know, a big thing. Um, another thing that I love to do for sun exposure is exercise in the morning or the late afternoon when there's a lower UV. So I don't go to gyms <laughs> anymore um, because since I found out that you're just bathing yourself in artificial light, I really stay away from that. So uh, usually two to three times a week in the morning, um, I go to a beautiful little movement group um, with some other mums. We have all our kids there and we do like a 20 minute hit session and, you know, it's in nature, it's barefoot, um, the kids are running around so they get some beautiful, you know, sunlight and um, it's just a really beautiful vibe. So we're getting, you know, connection to nature, but also connection to humans as well. And we're getting movement in too. And um, the other thing, which uh, if you follow me on social media, you'll know is sun soaking in the middle of the day is like one of my beautiful circadian rituals that I just love. It's like my little time. And I, like I said, I used to use the D-Minder app. Um, but now I use more of my intuition and I actually go outside, I jump in the pool quickly. It's usually, it's pretty cold, the pool at the moment, have a quick rinse off and I lay in the sun naked. <laughs> um, I'll do sort of, you know, around about nine minutes on the front and nine minutes on the back. And that's it for me. So that's really allowing my full solar panels, my skin, my eyes, everything that I usually wouldn't expose to the sun to really um, soak up that beautiful vitamin D. Um, it's a beautiful way to sync my circadian rhythm. And since I've been doing it, I have the best sleeps at nighttime as well. So again, with that, I don't go out and do that to tan. That's not my um, that's not my focus um, or the purpose of it. It's purely to you know soak up that beautiful vitamin D and set my circadian rhythm. So they're probably my favorite ways to um, expose yeah more sunlight to myself and to the kids. Yeah, I love that. I do a similar thing with my kids where we'll go to the beach and we'll either they'll just keep their clothes on for the first bit, then inevitably they get wet. So then for the last 20 minutes, I, we just strip them down and they're naked and they get really good sun on their bellies and their thighs, those spots where they are the bigger solar panels and they're not exposed to the sun as much. Um, and I do that for myself when I go for my walks during the day, I'll roll up my shirt. So my belly is exposed and wear little short shorts to just get my thighs 
some of that sun and I'll wear a hat to cover up my face because that's the part that's always mm. exposed to the sun. So yeah, it's kind of balancing it out. Yeah, and, and that's the that's the other thing. Like I definitely um because I walk to the kid walk the kids to school, you know, again, getting out in nature and exposing to that morning sun. So I've always got like a little visor on because I don't wear sunglasses. I haven't worn sunglasses for it must be over two years now, um, which people think I'm crazy. Yeah, so tell <laughs> me about that. That's something I wanted to ask about. Why did you stop wearing them? Yeah, because I learned about, um, again, you know, through this circadian journey and learning all the things that Dr. Jack Cruz talks about and other people like Dr. Doug Wallace. And um, basically when we put sunglasses on uh, that have a, um, you know, a dark filter on them, we are essentially blocking that sunlight, that natural sunlight that goes into our iris and, um, you know, sends the signal to our master control center, which sends the rest to um, all the internal circadian clocks. So we're kind of blocking um, that beautiful sunlight from entering into our iris. And what's interesting, I mean, I've always been, I've always worn sunglasses my entire life. And when I heard about this, I thought, okay, I'm going to give this a crack. And when I first, the first time I walked out with no sunglasses on, my eyes just welled up <laughs> they started stinging and I was like looked like I was crying um because my eyes were so um desensitized from the natural light you know I don't know how many people just pop their sunglasses on it's a natural uh, so it's an automatic you know thing to put your sunglasses on as soon as you walk outside so I reckon it took me a couple of weeks to really um just to you know, desensitize my eyes again and really get used to the natural light. And since I just haven't looked back since, you know, I, I think it's very careful and very important to note we don't look directly into the sun. That would obviously be damaging for the eye. Um, I certainly don't do that, but I wear a visor instead, uh, especially during the midday sun when the UV is at its highest um, or around the two o'clock mark when I walk to school to get the kids and also out in the boat because the reflection of the water um, can be damaging for your eyes. I use my visor as well. And, you know, some people might need to actually use their sunglasses then. That would be a time to use sunglasses. Um, but otherwise, I think that was one of the key um, little tweaks that I made at the beginning of this journey to really set up my circadian rhythm and just really start to have those beautiful deep sleeps as well and honestly I think it's helped with my meditation journey too really you know having a beautiful sync circadian rhythm with nature and the sun has helped me to you know go deeper into um, those meditations so that's been a really profound thing for me yeah it sounds incredible and I talked to you a while back about um the wearing sunglasses and I've stopped wearing them since, but the only time I wear them is if I'm out on a boat or if I'm driving during those times where there's a lot of reflection off of other cars, yeah. that's just why I just keep them in my car. And I find it's so nice now to, it took me a while to get used to it, but it's incredible to go outside and not wear sunglasses. And you just feel so much more energized. You don't come back tired. You're not tricking yourself into thinking, it's nighttime or evening. And yeah, it's been such an incredible change. I, I really, really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. 
And I personally love like, going barefoot. My kids, um, they pretty much don't wear shoes. I don't even know if we have shoes that fit them right now, but <laughs> sometimes it's problematic when we go to certain places and shoes are required, but most places in Australia, we're lucky and we don't have to wear shoes. And yeah, it's just one of my favorite things to do is just to like walk on grass or get my feet barefoot on the sand or in the ocean. And it just is, it's a feeling I can't even describe, but it's just like the best. And this is something that you're a strong advocate for. This is that grounding, right? Or earthing. Can you tell us a little bit about why grounding is important and what it is? Mm, Yes. Take off your shoes, (laughs) walk outside, you know, find that beautiful patch of dirt or grass or sand, whatever it may be, and just ground your feet Um, and feel that connection to the earth like you can literally feel the electrons you know the earth surface is negatively charged with electrons and from the sun and when you connect your bare feet to the earth these electrons send like this electrical current up through your body which if you're really connected into the earth you can feel that and that really fires up the ATP the energy part in your mitochondria Um, which is all the energy currency of your cells. So, yeah, it makes you feel alive and energized. And, you know, grounding um, is said to be nature's antioxidants. You know, it provides us with the energy, the endurance, like a beautiful positive mindset, um, helps us with sleep, um, helps to reduce pain. And it's really just our natural flow and rhythm, isn't it? Um, It's... I just love grounding. You know, I get every morning, I get the kids out first thing. I say, guys, go ground your feet. Before we do anything, they have to go outside and ground their feet. And they understand because I've sort of educated them a little bit around why they do it and um, the benefits of it. So they go out. And for me, I'm out first thing in the morning. And um, I just, like I said earlier, I just ground my feet and I just say my gratitude, what I'm grateful for for the day. And um, with the kids, when they wake up, they go out and they generally copy what I do because I'll do like, you know, lift my arms up and do a little prayer and it's so cute. I often catch them out there doing that as well. <laughs> um, but there's a really great documentary called The Earthing Movie. Uh, it's The Remarkable Science of Grounding. It's on YouTube and I highly recommend going to watch it. I watched that, you know, a couple of years ago and that was really a pivotal, like, again light bulb moment like wow we literally have this at our doorstep you know and we just we take it for granted I think shoes you know they've been obviously you know a pivotal part of our life and they make our life comfortable but I think shoes you know humans are we're meant to be barefoot right (laughs) we walked barefoot on the earth throughout the entire of human history until recently when shoes were invented and, you know, our high-rise buildings were, you know, built in workspaces and all that. And unfortunately we've just become disconnected to nature and to earth. And, um, you know, you've got to remember that we are one with nature, um, animals, plants, humans. We are all one at the end of the day. We all vibrate on the same frequency. And, you know, just if you're feeling 
you know, disconnected, if you're feeling stressed or if you've got um, some kind of illness or you're, you know, feeling sick or whatever, my biggest advice is to get outside, take your shoes off, ground your feet in the earth and just sit on a chair. So when I'm feeling a little bit like flustered, I'll grab a chair, sit out on the grass, put my feet firmly on the ground and just face towards the sun, close my eyes and just sit there for, you know, five, 10 minutes. Just it brings you back to reality, I think, to what's really important here on, you know, planet Earth. So, yes, I love this topic and it's something I've actually just done from a kid naturally, you know. I think we all, all kids, like no one, no kids like wearing shoes um, and it's kind of unnatural to put something on our feet or on ourselves in general when um you know when a baby's born the first thing we do is put clothes on it <laughs> whereas humans are we're, ne- we're meant to be naked we're meant to be barefoot and we're meant to be in sync with the natural um rhythms of the sun the earth you know the moon the food that we eat seasonally the water everything so it's all connected it is all connected and you're so right that we start off innately knowing this and then we train ourselves or our society trains us to do otherwise to do things that are unhelpful and it just makes me think like I remember being in chemists being really feeling anxious because the lighting was so bright in those buildings and then contrast that with when you're outside and you just feel calm your perspective opens you just feel more energized it's just it's such a polar opposite feeling being in that artificial intense lighting versus outside. And if we could learn to connect more with how, how we're feeling in the various environments that we're in, I think naturally we will transition to living more in tune with nature, connected to nature and naturally get back into those circadian rhythms. Do you think that that's the case? If we start connecting with our intuition and checking in with ourselves? Yeah. And, you know, like definitely, I think so much of it comes down to our light environment. And this is a big one that I love talking about and educating people on is the hygiene of, Mm. of our light, what we're exposed to, you know, during the day, naturally, like we spoke about, it's important to be surrounded um, and have that natural sunlight during the day and really reduce even throughout the day, reducing our artificial blue light indoors. So inside of our house during the day, we don't have any lights on at all. Um, we just let the natural sunlight come in. And then as um, you know, before sunset, there's um, so, some things that we've kind of adopted over the years. So we will sort of eat dinner, you know, before the last light. So I'm always cooking dinner early and the kids are eating it generally outside we you know are lucky to live up in the north of WA and it's pretty amazing weather <laughs> the whole year round besides summer where it's like 45 plus degrees um, <laughs> but the kids are often outside eating um, if not they're at the kitchen bench but again we don't use any lights we just got the natural sunlight and then as the sun goes down um, we've got these yellow bulbs that we use so rather than candles just because the kids are young and um, I don't really want fire in the house while they're one four and six um, so we use yellow bulbs and rather than LEDs we do have LEDs um, obviously on the roof uh, but they very rarely get turned on and so the reason we do that is because I remember a comment that Dr. Jack Cruz mentioned one time was 
he said, the light in which we eat under is more important than the food we eat as artificial light is actually detected through the eyes and the skin and will actually change the signaling of our body's processes such as metabolism. So that was like a really like, wow, profound moment for me. So if we're eating this beautiful organic food, you know, and sitting at the table, but we're bathing in artificial light, we can actually be changing our metabolism, how we're actually metabolizing that food. So so interesting. Um, and then, you know, we turn off all tech. So all tech basically is turned off by four o'clock anyway, TV, etc. Um, and we start to wind down with the sun, you know, without any artificial light, computer screens and etc. Um, you know, it's interesting, a um, little fact that I found that on average, people have around 10 plus devices on after sunset which is completely disrupting their circadian rhythm and depleting their melatonin. So I just say, you know, take control of your technology and don't let it control you because that's really what's happening. So, you know, once the sun has gone down, um, we just avoid as much blue light as possible. Um, if I needed to use my computer, which I pretty well never use it at night, I would use it in the morning if so. But I've got this software called Iris, which anyone can download. It's Iris, I-R-I-S. And it basically um, will pretty much reduce all the blue light in the um, computer screen. So you can pretty much turn the computer screen to red or like at the moment, even though it's um, 10 a.m. in the morning, in WA, I've still got it on a very kind of yellow screen. I never have it on the full capacity. Um, same thing with my phone, an iPhone or um, a couple of the other phones. You can actually, there's a, um, a way that you can change your screen to red. So I've had that for a couple of years. Now. So as the sun goes down, I, it's like a, a triple click on the side button and I, my screen is red and that'll stay red until the sun comes up the next morning. So again, I just don't have any exposure to blue light on my phone or my computer if I was to use it at nighttime. Um, and then, you know, all your other pesky little lights that you've got around, like smoke alarms and air cons, like all these little lights, they're all emit a blue light um even the fridge so this might sound a little crazy to some but I've even got some red cellophane and um cellophane sorry <laughs> and I've stuck um I've actually pulled the plastic cover off and underneath I've um not onto the actual light itself but underneath it I've actually stuck the red cellophane so when I open the fridge, like say if I need to open the fridge in the morning to do my lemon water, um, I am not immediately exposing my iris to this ridiculous bright light. Um, it's more of like an orangey color. So it's just all the little tips and tricks to really keep your circadian rhythm and just avoiding that blue light as much as, as, much as possible um, on your skin and your eyes because they've both got the photoreceptors in them. And um, most importantly, ensuring no blue lights between 11 p.m. and 4 a.m. Because if you're exposed to artificial light in that time, it can actually suppress the release of dopamine um, which is, you know, depleting um, dopamine. It actually, um, it's interesting, red light at night won't trigger the suppression, depletion of dopamine, but artificial light will. So we do use um, red lights at night in the bathroom 
So the kids can see when they go to the toilet, we've just got a little plug-in, um, which has got a little red bulb on the top. And the kids have also got these little glow dreamers, which um, emit a very light red light so they can see at night time. So that's all we will use after the kids have gone to bed as red lights. And um, we no longer stay up and watch TV at night time, which, you know, we've all been... Um, We've all been there and done that, right? And a lot of us probably still are. <laughs> if I was to stay up and watch a movie, I do have some red lens glasses, um, but that is very few and far between that I actually do that because my natural circadian rhythm is I'm ready for bed. You know, the sun goes down, we put the kids to bed and my hubby and I are in bed by eight o'clock at night. <laughs> oh, are we? Um, <laughs> So then, you know, this goes into, this follows through to when we wake up. So we wake up ideally with the natural light. Um, I personally don't because I wake up to an alarm. Um, I have a little birdie, little birdies chirping. That's my alarm because I like to get up, you know, at least an hour earlier to the kids. Um, that's just really to ground me into my body and just, you know, have that beautiful nervous system system reset before the kids wake up and the chaos starts. So I do wake up early, especially it's coming into winter. So the sun is up a lot later. In the summer, I would wake up naturally to the lights. I'd have the blinds cracked and wake up naturally. But um, otherwise I am waking up to a um, alarm, which is fine. But yeah, just letting your eyes adjust to the morning light um, before you know, watching a screen or turning an LED light on, that would be my number one tip um, for waking up in the morning is to just first thing, wake up and go outside, you know, ground your feet and just let your solar panels be exposed to nature. Yeah, that's such a like doable thing that we can all do, right? And it, it has such a big impact. So I love that. Those are some really, really useful tips. And there's so many things that we can do, they can, you can, you can just start with one, putting your feet on the earth or, you know, putting that, um, red light app on your phone, you know, just starting with one step and then building on there. And over time, I imagine pretty quickly, you'd start to really notice that your energy is coming back. You're sleeping better. You're getting to sleep earlier. You're waking up naturally feeling refreshed. I think, this is all really exciting and it's, yeah, it's something that we innately know, but it's so good to put that science and the biology behind it to understand it. Cause sometimes as adults, we really need to like know that cognitively, even though our bodies and just innately, know, it's good to have both sides of it, that experience and that research. Mm. Yes. So are there any um, final words of wisdom that you'd like to share? Yeah, I think just, just like just getting back to being one with nature, I think, you know, and just understanding that um, our bodies rely entirely on Mother Nature, the sun, you know, the earth and all the natural rhythms just to walk outside, take your feet off and it just expose your solar panels to the beautiful sun and, um using your intuition and being sun responsible. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for being here today. Is there a way that people can connect with you 
whether it's social media or do you have a website, what are the best places that people can go to find out more about what you're doing? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram and Facebook, Jessica Louise Wellbeing. And same with my website, uh, jessicalouisewellbeing.com. You can find me on all of those avenues. Great. Thank you so much, Jess. Thank you so much for having me. It was, um, I absolutely loved talking about this. So thank you for inviting me on your podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Wild and Well podcast. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode and please share with like-minded mothers. A review wherever you listen to your podcast is greatly appreciated as it helps to get the show to even more mothers and families. Together we can nurture thriving kids, vibrant moms, and a brighter future for the next generation. Disclaimer, the information in this podcast is intended as educational in nature and is for informational purposes only. It is not personal health advice or indicative of a therapeutic relationship, and it should not be used to prevent, diagnose, or treat health problems. If any of the information in this podcast resonates with you, consult a qualified healthcare practitioner to discuss what works best for you in your unique situation.